Running is not meant to be stressful, and it doesn't have to be complicated. It's meant to bring us joy, clarity, and confidence. That's why I'm on a mission to teach you how I keep running simple and help you find your inner grit. Let's put an end to the idea that running is just one more weight loss strategy, because the truth is, running can actually be your ticket to a happier, more fulfilled life. By the way, this misconception that running is only meant for certain people, that the ability to run is something you either have or you don't, well, this just isn't true. Running has nothing to do with ability and everything to do with confidence. So follow me while I show you how to run your happy life. Welcome to the Run Your Happy Life podcast. I'm Tina, and today I am on such a high from a race that my team just completed. Some of them virtually, some of them in person. Um, many of us met in Virginia Beach last weekend to complete the Wicked 10K and 5K, and it was so much fun. It was literally more fun than I could have ever imagined getting together with this group of runners. And so today I'm going to talk a little bit about how the race went. You know, it was really our first official like big meetup with the group that we had scheduled. We were actually training for this race. So I'm going to talk a little bit about what the weekend looked like. I'm going to talk about some of my favorite post-race rituals. So things that I usually do after completing a race. And um, before I do that, I am going to talk a little bit about what's coming up because it is that time of year when the doors open for our newest group, one of my favorite groups that will start, which is our Winter Warriors group. And this just means that we're ready for our next group of non-runners who want to turn into runners because that's what we are. We are essentially a group of people who came together, either hated running, never figured out how to be a runner, um, tried running and failed or thought that we never could be a runner. And we came together and we trained together and we turned ourselves into a group of pretty badass runners who now cheer each other on and, you know, meet up when we can in different places and just absolutely love on each other all the way through our biggest goals. And because of that support within our group, it's pretty crazy. But again, the people in my group are non-runners, right? Like they weren't running zero miles, fitness level zero when they started and have worked their way up. Some of them are at a 5K distance right now. Our newest members are at a 5K or just beyond a 5K. Um, some of, many of our runners just finished running the 10K distance. And we have, gosh, I would say probably eight to 10 people who are seeking the half marathon distance as their next challenge goal, which is pretty crazy. And I think it's not crazy ability-wise, right? Like like I've preached this. If you've listened to this podcast or if you've watched me on live, you know that I preach this, that you are so much more capable than you ever thought possible. So to me, it's not something that's crazy ability-wise. Like I know every single one of them has the ability to do it. I know every single person listening to this has the ability to do it. It's just a matter of having that mindset and that will determination to put the time in to get to that distance. And I just think it's pretty amazing 
that these runners used to not believe that they could run for a full minute without stopping are now contemplating whether they want to do 13.1 or they want to do an 8K. We have a lot of people who are training for an 8K um, for their spring race. And then some people who are sticking with the 5K distance and want to work on their speed. And so it's just, it's really, really crazy because this same group of people, like these are not people who came and said, I am a runner. Can you help me run farther? I am a runner. Can you help me run faster? Like, no, that's not my thing. Like, I mean, it happens naturally through our training, but these people, these soulmates, these runners of mine came to me and said, I think I want to be a runner. Do you think you can help me? You know, either, like I said, I've tried running and I failed. Running is not for me. My body is not responding and are so excited, like literally excited to run. So I just, it blows my mind every time, you know, if, again, if you've been following me, you know, that this is this whole program, this whole process is just over a year old. This will only be our second winter warriors group ever. Right. So I said, it's, you know, I had a favorite time of year. Like this is just such a great time of year to go on this journey. I'm not kidding. And you wouldn't think that because we're about to head into our colder months and we're going to be do, doing some running in the dark. We're going to be doing some running in the snow. And for a lot of people, that might be a turnoff, right? It might be like, well, I'll go ahead and start running when it's nicer. But here's the thing that I know, and here's the thing that my runners now know, is that in order to really enjoy running in those beautiful weather days in the fall and in the spring, you really want to put some of that work in during the colder months or during, during the hotter months. Because what can happen is, you know, if we build that foundation now in the winter, we are building a whole new type of runner, right? We're building somebody who, first of all, has the fitness level when they come out of this kind of, you know, colder weather to enjoy their runs in the spring, to go longer, to go farther, to go faster in the spring and really enjoy it because you're not building that foundation while also trying to meet those spring racing goals. Um, what also happens is you realize that you can get so much more uncomfortable than you thought, right? We are working so much in our programs about changing your mindset, not just about yourself and what your ability, ability level is, but we are changing your mindset about what is doable, about inconvenience and how inconvenience is okay. You can still do things inconveniently. You can still do things. You can still go for a run in the early morning. You can still go for a run in the evening with a headlamp on. You can still add a few extra layers and go for a run in the snow. You can still, you know, go for a run in between, you know, your kids' practices, whatever it is. Like we find ways for it to be inconvenient and there's nothing more inconvenient than winter. It's true. But the thing that happens is you're so hyped up and you have this amazing group of people with you that are training that motivate you and inspire you. You get through this training and then it's like, dang, like, I really did that. Like, what else can I do? And when you look back and reflect on those posts and those pictures that you you post during these times, nothing makes you feel more accomplished and more like a badass. I'm serious. I don't know how many times, and this is like, I feel very selfish about this, but this has helped my winter training so much having this group and this team because we have a private Facebook group and we all post our runs. We run three times a week and we post our runs in the group. And so on the days when it's cold or the days when it's it's dark and I'm just getting home from work or I have to go after practice or I have to get the kids to bed and then I have to go out, um, whatever it is, you know, and I'm putting my headlamp on, I'm putting my gloves on, I, you know, maybe I don't want to do it because who wants to go out there, you know, in the cold and, you know, just start running. That's not something that comes naturally to people, but then you go in the group 
and you see your teammates who have already been out there, right? Who have their headlamps on, who have, you know, the snowflakes or the icicles in their eyelashes. And you're like, well, dang, if they can do it, I can do it. And then you start, you know, the more you do it, the less scary it is, the less intimidating it is, the tougher you feel, the more confident you feel. And like nothing feels greater than going into the holidays, right? To, you know, be getting ready for Thanksgiving and Christmas and going into January. And, and then, you know, the warmer months starts to come, like nothing makes you feel more amazing than, than realizing what you are doing. Like you are doing so much more than so many people who are waiting for that convenient time to happen. But if you've run with me long enough, which many of my runners are hitting the one-year mark this month in November, like one full year of training with me, training and resting and all the things with me. And if you've done that, you know one thing is true, that it's never really convenient. You may have a handful of quote-unquote convenient runs throughout this process, but it's never going to be easy. You are never going to have days when you're like, oh, I have nothing else to do. It's beautiful outside. I should go for a run. Like those days don't exist. And I think some people get themselves caught up in waiting for those days and, you know, don't put the work in when it's inconvenient. And then if you, if you do have a day like that and you decide, I want to go for a run, well, you know, if that's your first run, it's going to be uncomfortable anyway, which makes it inconvenient anyway. So, you know, it's just, you have to embrace what's tough and allow it to seep into you and allow it to be a reflection of who you are, what you're willing to do. And, you know, and remind yourself that you are different than other runners. You are different than other people who are choosing to sit it out because it's quote unquote inconvenient. And, you know, that's kind of the premise for everything that we do is finding that inconvenient moment, finding, finding things that are difficult and doing them anyway. And it changes you. It changes you as a runner. It changes you as a person. It changes your confidence. It changes your self-esteem. It changes your, you know, how you see yourself. It changes how other people see you. It literally is life changing. And you don't have to believe me. Listen to any of the podcast interviews that I've done with my runners. I have so many more coming up in the next couple of months. I'll be doing interviews with many of my runners, some of them for the second time, because they've said to me, like, I have things I want to share. I need to tell people some things. One of the things that a couple of my runners have mentioned that after doing this for one full year, going from doing nothing at all, zero running, hating running, doubting themselves to one full year, like they feel like the one year mark was a huge milestone for them as far as mentally and emotionally and confidence wise in their running. Like they feel like finally they've crested that, you know, I love running. I found my happy place. I do this for me. I need this in my life. Like they feel like they finally found it and it took a year. And I've said this on numerous lives that I do on Wednesday nights. I go live on my Facebook page, Tina Rappa running. And, and many of you may have seen me there. If you're my runners listening to this, you guys know that I go live on my page and I've mentioned this numerous times, but um, runners have said, my runners in my groups have said like, you know, after one year, they finally have found their identity in running. They finally found their identity. And I have only been in this for just over a year. So we weren't really able to know that and discover that until my runners have gone through it recently. And this is my second group, my third group, I'm sorry, who will be reaching their one year mark in November. And like the data reflects, you know, the data shows that after about one year, it truly starts to seep into who you are. So that doesn't mean you don't have moments of feeling like a runner in between. It doesn't mean you don't feel confident while you're doing it. It doesn't take one year for that to happen. It actually only takes one week. And those of you who show up for the challenge that's happening in a couple of weeks, you'll see that in one week, 
you're going to crave more because you will shock yourself with what you're able to do. You'll realize that you don't have to go you know, all out and run one mile the first time you go for a run. Like I'm going to teach you how to enter in those baby steps and grow yourself into a runner gradually so that you can feel confident and feel successful and feel like this is actually doable. So that's where we are. So let me talk about that for a second. On November 27th, I'm going to be kicking off our very next free one week challenge. So what this means is that for one week, I'm going to ask anybody who is contemplating joining our group, anybody who has been wondering if they could ever be a runner, if they have what it takes to get started, um, this free week is for you. You come starting on the 27th. That's going to be Sunday night and 7 p.m. I'm going to be going live and I will be going live every night of that week to give you all of the coaching that I possibly can. I'm going to hit up all of the biggest topics that I cover in my coaching with my runners, everything from you know running and weight loss to how to breathe to how to structure your training and make that time in your day. Like I'm going to be hitting those topics every single night of the week. It's going to be jam-packed. And I assure you, if you show up for that coaching that week, there will be a fire lit inside you. I am not kidding. If you make the commitment to show up that week for the coaching, whether you decide to continue training with us or not, you are going to have a fire lit inside of you. The thing that typically happens is, you know, after you're there for the challenge, you say, I want in, I want to join because I have a hype squad, which are my runners who have been through this same process, who are going to be cheering you on so hard. They're going to be telling you because they're so, they are so inspired by what they've done. They want to inspire you. And so they're going to be there telling you the whole time, like you have what it takes. This might feel hard, but keep going anyway. I promise you this gets better. I promise you this is easier. I promise you have everything that it takes to become a lifelong runner and to love it. And you have a group here that is ready to support you. And so typically in this week, I have many people who join us in our next group, which the training starts the first week in January. For our next group, our winter warriors. So this challenge leads up to that. This challenge allows people to come and get a taste test of everything that we're about to meet a lot of our people. And if you show up 100%, the chances are you're going to join us. You're going to join us. You're going to sign up that week and you're going to start making plans for your training, which will start in January. So what happens in between November and January, because that there's a, quite a chunk in between. Well, before, you know, my first time around when I did this, nothing was supposed to happen. I was supposed to have the challenge. Everyone was going to rest for December and we were going to start in January. But here's what happened. I had 14 runners who signed up for the program last November and they all looked at me and said, I don't want to stop. Like I feel so good. I don't want to stop. And so I created plans for in between November and January when we kick off our official 5K training. And so these runners helped me to create what we call like, you know, I don't know, pre-training plans. I don't even know what they are. They're just like guided steps to help get you, to help keep you moving, to get you ready for January. Do you have to do those runs? No but it's kind of a bonus. Like it's not it's not something that any other challenge group gets in between when they finish the challenge and they start. They typically start right after the challenge. We go right into their training. But because of the holidays, because it's December, because there's a lot going on, I wanted to give people a chance to, you know, ease into it through the holidays and then when January hits, like it's time. It's time to change who we are. It's time to change 
what we want. It's, ch- it's time to change our identity. And so, and so that's what happens. But what I've found is that I've had so much success with my runners who started at this time. I'm telling you, there are so many, so many of that, gr- of that particular group are still running with me one year later. And I don't know if part of that is because they had like that time in between where they got to explore themselves a little bit because you kind of go off and do that training in December on your own, right? You don't do it within the group. It's kind of like a, an optional thing for you. But then we come back in January and everybody's just lit on fire. And not just that, like I said, now this group of runners is learning how to run in some of the darker months and some of the colder months and some of the harder conditions. And because of that, they've come out of it like, rock stars ready to go. And so then we head into spring and they're just rocking and rolling and really haven't stopped since. So many of them have not stopped since. And so it has been, it's been super exciting. And I'm telling you, like, if you show up, you're going to want to keep going. And if, and if that's your goal, like if you're listening to this and you're saying to yourself, like, I want to be one of those runners, I want to be like a lifelong runner. I want this to be a part of my life. I want to be able to show up three times a week because that's what we stick to. We never exceed three times a week in all of our training because we are huge on you know run life work balance like figuring out how to fit this into our life so that it's not an extreme stressor it's not something that we feel like we can only do for a week then quit like it's extremely manageable it's 3 days a week for whatever your goals are and so you know we we kind of preach that and we talk about it and and we allow you to test that out in the challenge and and that's what we do we stick to it and we realize like gosh, I can't believe what I'm capable of doing. And and you're going to get to a point, which is natural, and that's why you have me. We have coaching sessions throughout. Um, you're going to get to a point where you say, like, am I really able to run that far without stopping? You're probably going to say that about the 30-second interval, interval that I put you on. You're probably going to say that about the one-minute interval once you hit that in your training. If you stick with us and you get to the five-minute interval, you're going to say, how am I going to do that? This seems crazy. And then your body will do it and you'll say, how did you know that I could do that, Tina? And then one day, you know, a few months later, you're going to say to yourself, I can't believe I just ran three miles. And then you're going to say, I can't believe I just ran four miles without stopping. And then the sky's the limit. You just decide, you know, what do you want next? Maybe someday you'll be saying what my runners are saying now that, you know, they're saying, I can't believe I just ran 6.2 miles. I can't believe I'm thinking of training for 13.1, which is a half marathon. And we start that for them next week. So all the while our new runners are training, our current runners will be training as well. They'll be training in a separate group. It's very important. I can explain, I'll explain all of that during the challenge. Um, but they will be training along alongside you and meeting their goals. And they'll be doing their winter running. And they'll be, you know, digging deep for their winter goals. And it's crazy because the last winter when they were running, they were working on, you know, minutes and seconds for their running intervals. And now when they come out for this winter, they're going to be working on miles. Even our runners who are training for, you know, 5K distances are going to be running miles during the winter. And it changes things. So what you'll realize if you might, you might be hearing this, whether you're my runner or contemplating on becoming a runner, you might be saying like, gosh, that's going to be a long time out there in the dark and the cold. But you know, the only thing you have to get over in that regard when it comes to running in the dark and the cold is your first few steps. Once you're out there and you start like jogging for, I don't know, I would venture to say three minutes, probably three minutes at the most, you're like, you're good. Like you're in your element and you're good. You're vibing and you most likely will end up wanting to do more than you did because your body is conditioned to learn how to work hard in that kind of weather. Summer training is very difficult in that regard. Your body's trying to keep cool at the same time. And so winter, you might find yourself like, gosh, I feel really good. 
out here in the colder temperatures. My body, my core body temperature is staying down and and this feels pretty good. And so it's not nearly as exhausting. It's not nearly as difficult as people think. And, you know, I give you all the tips and tricks on how what to do before you head out to run to give you that little warm up. And so it is just so fun. But here's the here's the other thing. I really, I really hope that people give themselves a chance to do this and complete this, you know, and and show up for this and and consider joining our group because the connections that have been made, I'm literally while I am on this podcast recording this, I have my cell phone tucked behind me in my back pocket behind my chair because it's vibrating nonstop. And you know what that is? That is my I created a messenger group for our runners, those who have who have been running with me, who are training with me through the winter. I shut down our face private Facebook group. I did that intentionally. I do this periodically through our seasons, right? We're getting ready to start our winter season. So I shut down the Facebook group where we typically post. I forced everybody to rest, but I opened up a messenger, a Facebook messenger group for our runners so that they, they could have contact with each other if they needed anything. Ever since I closed that Facebook group and this messenger app, this messenger group was created, it has been on fire nonstop. I mean, these runners are so connected right now, are so leaning on each other. They're already, last night, I'm telling you, we just ran the Wicked Winter 10K and 5K last weekend. It has not even been seven days yet. Last night, they were in there choosing their costumes and signing up for the 10K next year. If that's not a lifelong runner, I don't know what is. They, last night, one of our runners put into the thread that the prices will increase. So this is the cheapest you can sign up for the Wicked 10K in Virginia Beach. So what did they do? People from even in different states, from New York, from Pennsylvania, went in, signed up for this race for next year, right? Like 360, 358 days from now, signed up for the race. And they planned our costumes for the team already. They talked about what leggings they're going to wear, what tutus they're going to wear. They have picked out a costume for me, and I won't reveal all of that, but literally this all happened last night, blowing up my phone in the messenger because these guys are just on fire and loving this so much, loving how they felt, loving what running has done for them, and loving the connections that they've made along the way. So, you know, if you are craving that, if that's something that, you know, you see, you look at my posts and you see all these runners running together and, you know, hooking arms and hugging, and we're not the fastest runners out there, but we don't care. We probably have the best balance. We probably have the most consistency than any other runners out there because we set ourselves up with realistic expectations three days a week of training. And we set our goals where we can enjoy running and not stress about our pace, but it didn't matter. We all came in at all kinds of different times. And a couple of our runners even had to walk for various reasons, like walk the distance. And some of them walked close to their, their run time. And so those were runners who were um, you know, had some injuries that at the time were not allowing them to do their runs that they've been training for. So they walked it literally almost as fast as some of their run times, which is so funny to me. They were so hyped up. And ever since this day finished six days ago, they have just been, like I said, on fire with when can we do this next? Because it felt so good. And so if, if you're looking at this and thinking like, if you're thinking about doing this as an exercise, like it is so much more than that. If you're thinking about doing it as just like a goal of, I want to be able to run three miles, like that's part of it for sure. But it is so much more than that. I could not be more proud of what's been created through this process of growing people into something they never thought they could be and how they've grown together and how they've accepted each other for, you know, for being imperfectly perfect or perfectly imperfect, however, however you want to say it, but embracing each other and learning about each other and 
you know, these podcast interviews just help them to get to know each other on another level. And I just, I want to keep this forever. I am, I am so obsessed with everything that's been created. And so right now we are training for a, a spring race. So all of our, all of our runs from this point on, when we start again, we'll be, we'll be working towards that spring race. Because as I said, our winter running builds that foundation for the spring goals. So we're going to come out in spring. We're going to be badasses through the winter. We're going to feel amazing through the holidays. Even if we eat a bunch of crap, like many people do, we're going to feel so good because we are sticking to our goals and we are building strong bodies and we are loving ourselves and we are proud of ourselves. So we're going to do that all through the holidays. We're going to do that through the wind, colder winter months. And then we're going to come out when the sun comes out and it warms up and we're going to rock some of our, our goals. So we've got 8K goals. We've got half marathon goals. Um, some of us are doing a couple half marathons in the spring. I'll be doing the Shamrock Half Marathon and then turning around. And this is not easy to do, and I don't recommend it for everybody, but I'll be turning around and doing the Pittsburgh Half Marathon about eight weeks later. And there are several of our runners who will be doing that too. So we'll be heading to Pittsburgh to meet a lot of our runners who are in the Pennsylvania area. And so, you know, the Pittsburgh Marathon has relays where you can get, I think it's a team of five people and there are different legs of distances that you can run. So a lot of our runners are thinking about doing the relay. So it's anywhere from three miles. And I think 6.8 is the longest distance, but they're going to be doing the relay and we're just going to celebrate together on the weekend of the wicked. We, you know, we all went and picked up our packets the night before the race. And some of us ran into each other and got to hang out a little bit at the expo. But then we all met early on the morning of the race and we all got to hang out. We all had matching outfits. We were minions. I was grew. Um, this was a cost the costume that they picked. I never have dressed up for a wicked race before. And I've done probably, I don't know, 14 of them. And this was the first one I said, fine, I'll wear a tutu. I'll dress up as grew. And it was so freaking fun. And they were minions. And so we ran the race and then we hung out on the beach and, you know, we had a few drinks. For those of us who who wanted to, we, you know, we were drinking water, we were drinking soda, we were drinking um, the free beer that they had at the finish line. We were toasting each other. We, we took a lot of fun videos, if you've seen them posted on my Instagram or my Facebook page. And there was just so much love and inspiration in those moments. So we actually came back that night. We all, you know, did our own thing for the afternoon and then came back in that evening and we had dinner and it was just so so amazingly wonderful. And I think it was that night that I opened up. No, sorry. I started that Facebook messenger group to help those of us who were traveling to Virginia Beach stay in touch. And then once I saw like how powerful it was, as soon as this race finished, I added everybody else into that Facebook messenger group who was not necessarily here for the wicked, but still training with us so that now we're all in there. And it's just so funny. They were even posting, they were, they were Photoshopping my face onto different costumes so that they could you know, pitch it to me and say like, we want you to wear this costume next year for the Wicked Tina. So it's so fun. It's so, so fun. And I, I cannot be more in love with it. So I told you that I would tell you about a couple post-race rituals that I do after I finish my runs. And this is definitely for my runners if you haven't done this yet. I've talked a little bit about how I, I, I write the data from the race on the back of my medal. So I'm not a huge bib collector. When I say bib, that means the number that you wear during your race that tracks your time. I don't collect those. I usually toss those just because I had done so many races in my beginning days of running that I just, I didn't even know what to do with them. So I would toss those and I kept my medals, of course. And on the back of them, on the silver medals, I would just take a Sharpie and I would write on the back of them, like how old I was. I would write in the beginning, I just wrote my time and I wrote my pace because I was really, that was really important to me in the, at the time. And then as I, of course, changed seasons of my life and I got pregnant and then I started running with 
you know, pushing the stroller and all those things, I included those tiny details on my medal as well. So I would put on my medals, my finish time, I would put my pace for that run. I would put, you know, my age. And many of you know, again, if you follow me, you know that I have taken down all of the medals that I collected that I earned before having kids. And I put those away because I had to kind of have a refresh and a restart for the new season of my life with new expectations and new celebrations. And so I put those away. And the medals that I started to collect after that were like, I called them my run like a mother medals because I needed to come to terms with, and this is real, this is just being very real, with the running that I did then to the running that I do now. And so I've collected probably, I don't know, I would venture to say, I'm going to have to count them. Well, probably over 50, I would guess, medals since becoming a mom eight years ago. And so now on the back of them, I include, like I'm looking at one right now, I included the race, I included my age, and then I put on this one that I pushed Grayson and Jocelyn for 3.1 miles, and it was our first soulmates meetup. I just added that to the back of it. So I would remember our first official soulmates meetup. I guess Pittsburgh counted for that too, but this is the first one we actually trained for this race together. So um, I want to be able to look back at this and remember these moments. So my daughter Jocelyn ran for half of it, half of the 10K, and then she is eight, and we had to push her butt in that stroller while she rested in between her, her running. And so I wanted to remember that this is important to me. Like that's a huge memory for me. And so that's what I did on the back of these medals. These medals are um, dark, they're black. So I couldn't use a Sharpie on it. So I just literally cut out a tiny piece of paper. I took a little tiny Sharpie and I wrote this information on a piece of white paper. And then I used clear tape and I taped it to the back. And it's really funny because as I'm looking at this, my daughter's is here too. She ran two little races this weekend. And she wrote her name. She did the same exact thing on her own, which is so cute. Um, if that's not motivation enough to keep going, I don't know what is. She was so proud of herself. She whined so much, but she was so proud of herself at the end. So we did that for Mike's. We did that for mine. And then, of course, for Jocelyn and her medals. We put her time on there, too. And Grayson ran. My um, five-year-old ran the one mile on Friday night. And we did that for his medal, too. And so when I look at my medals and I want to remember, like, what was this race like? How did I do? I literally can flip it over and get the details about that. So if you haven't done that yet, I do highly recommend it. I didn't do it in the very beginning because I never thought about it. But the more times I started repeating races, I wanted to know, like, what was the difference between this one in that one. And I, as I tell my runners, you guys know that it's just about collecting data. That's all we're doing. No matter what the race looks like, it's just collecting data. Whether you had to stop and walk more than you thought, whether you you know started off too early because you were in a fast corral and you had to walk at the end, whether you had a huge headwind, whether you didn't eat the right way the day before and your stomach was hurting, whatever it is, it doesn't make your race a success or a failure. In my opinion, it just gives you data to tell you what you want to do next time. And that's how, that's how you continue to run. And that's how you keep running in your life beyond just the typical, you know, I'm going to train for this race, then stop. Like if you, like their mindset right now, just like mine, I, I have the mindset I'm going to be doing wicked Every single year that my body lets me do Wicked, I'll be doing that race because I love it so much that, you know, they have now already started to think about their next Wicked and what they want to do. Many of them have reflected with me and said, I started out too early. I was trying to keep up with somebody or, you know, you know that headwind was tough. Um, next time I want to, you know, some of them have said next time they just want to run without stopping it, without stopping. Some of them did run without stopping. And I want them to record that time because you're going to continue to grow as a runner. 
Will you hit bumps in the road 100%? Will you get sick or will something happen and you're not able to show up the way that you want to? Absolutely 100%. Could you get injured along the way? Absolutely 100%. I just posted a reel on my Instagram not that long ago. I think it was in my stories from another runner that I follow. And she said, what to say to people when they tell you that running is bad for your knees, right? As far as the whole injury conversation goes, like, yes, of course there is a risk of injury when you are using your body the way that you are. But sitting on your couch is not good for your body either, right? And that's kind of what the meme said with a couple of other uh, preferred words, right? When people say running is bad for your knees, um, it, you know, the meme said, so is sitting on your ASS, you know, that's bad for your knees too, which is 100% true. And so, you know, people like to lean on that a little bit as an excuse. Many of my runners have gone through injuries. I've gone through an injury recently myself. I'm still kind of working through. It doesn't mean that running is not for you. It doesn't mean that running is bad for you. It just means that you learn something about your body. Sometimes we have to change up something about our body. Sometimes we need new shoes. Sometimes we need to, you know, do more stretching, whatever the case may be. And we, it's just data. We just collect it. We make some changes and we move on. And when you look at it that way, then running 100% has a place for you in your life to be a part of your life forever. And you don't have the pressure of, you know, I'm training for this perfect race or I have to, to do this perfectly. Like that's not the case because life is going to happen. And the minute you set yourself up for that is the minute you quit. Just like the whole going out there for five to seven days a week to train. You know, if you go out there and do that and you run your first race running five to seven days a week, like you may have a good race, but most likely you're going to finish that race and be like, I can't, I'm done. I need a break from this for a while and not just a couple of weeks because, you know, it's kind of consuming everything and, and burning you out a little bit. So, you know, that's why we try really hard to work on that, that life, that work for many of us work, that work life balance, that, that parenting life balance, that, um, personal life balance and, and letting running be a part of it and not consume it, but still be such a, an amazing part of it. So, um, you know, I really hope that from this conversation that I have encouraged some of our non-runners to take the leap and to sign up. If you don't think that you are capable of it, join us for the challenge and I'll show you differently. I promise you I will show you differently and you're going to shock yourself. If you think you don't have time for it, I encourage you to show up for that as well. And I also assure you that you can make time for 30 minutes, three times a week think about how much time you scroll, right? Like, so ask yourself, am I using that as an excuse? Can I really actually make this work? Or do I actually not have time to get started on this journey? And I can tell you some of my runners have some of the busiest schedules I've ever seen in my life. Um, and yes, Haley, I'm thinking of you and how she fits her running in because she also works full time. She has kids and she coaches sports after work. And so she is often cooking dinner and running on the treadmill at the same time. I don't even know how she does it. So, you know, it can be done. And she's been with us for a year and she is considering training for a half marathon as well. When before she was wondering if she could even squeeze in the time to train for her very first 5k. So here we are, you know, if you want to make it happen, you can make it happen. We would love to welcome you. I promise you that you will be embraced with everything that we have. And you're going to want to be a part of this because my runners are absolutely amazing. And you're just going to want to be around them all the time like I do. And you'll get to be a part of our meetups. You'll get, get to be a part of our meetups. Many of us are also meeting for the Surf and Santa, which is in a couple of weeks. It's a five miler. Um, we do have people coming in from out of town, which is crazy to me. That is a hometown race of ours. And I didn't really like, you know, advertise it within our group, but we still have people who are traveling down for that one from other places in the United States to run, to run that. And how cool is that? Like, that's how much we love running together. So 
Um, I encourage you to get out of your comfort zone if you haven't done so. If you want to give yourself your own test to see, is this something I can actually do? Go out. If you're hearing this, if you're hearing this and you're you know really nervous about your ability, go out today and run for 15 seconds and walk for five minutes and repeat that four times. And if you can do that, then you can do the challenge. If that felt good for you, do it three times this week and you just finished your first week of training. How cool is that? Jog for 15 seconds, walk for five minutes, repeat it four times, do that three times in a week. And I promise you, if you can do day one, you can join us for the challenge. If you can join us for the challenge, you can make it through December. If you can make it through December, you will make it through the entire program and run 3.1 miles after 10 weeks of training. And you will feel so freaking amazing. To my runners who are listening to this, because I know that's most of you, I love you so much. Thank you for being my life. Thank you for being crazy, a crazy runner girl, just like me, or crazy runner boy, I should say for our boys in the group. I am so grateful for you. I'm so excited that I found my tribe. I found my people. And thank you for normalizing everything that we do. And thank you for getting just as excited as me to do all of these things, to feel good about yourself and to just be an overall badass doing things that other people wouldn't do at times. Other people wouldn't do them. You make me so proud every single day. I love you guys. If you are wanting to sign up for the challenge, I want you to head over to tinarepa.com forward slash run, tina, T-I-N-A-R-E-P-A.com forward slash run and click to sign up for the free challenge. That way you make sure you are on the list. You get the emails and you get the invite into the private Facebook group in a couple of weeks. I cannot wait to see who's going to be joining us for the next round of non-runners to runners. It's going to be so freaking awesome. I love you guys. Have a great rest of your day and thanks for hanging out with me. Thanks for listening, guys. Remember, if you heard something that resonated with you or something you think someone else needs to hear, make sure you share this episode. You can carry on the conversation by joining the Run Your Happy Life Facebook group or by following me on Instagram at runwithtinareppa. Send me a DM and let me know what you'd like to hear more about. I'm on a mission to turn non-runners into runners and doubters into believers. So if this is you, be sure to subscribe to the podcast. Until next time, go get uncomfortable and chase that sunshine.